This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. To another edition of Midweek Menches. I am your host, Crisp, aka at Waffle House on Twitter. And this week we got Schweitz up in Canada. We got Samantha, aka Young Breezy. We got the mayor uh, calling in from a remote location doing a secret mission. I'm not sure what he's up to. And of course, we got Ant in Brooklyn. Uh, I hope everybody has had a great week so far, including all of our listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. And I'm going to throw it to Mayor Matt to start us off. Uh, Mayor Matt, what you got this week? Thank you, Crispy. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I've, I've got to jump out of here. And I'm, again, I'm on secret mission. I'm not going to be doing what you did a few weeks ago was, you know, breaking into a lumber yard after dark. But it is <laughs> a super secret mission for my mother. So I'll, I'll do anything for my mom. And that's what I'm doing this week. So I'll have to jump off. Monday was great. Billy was on top of his game. The one thing I did want to point out from that particular uh, episode, however, was his discussion of the Jim Nance tie. You know, you saw that Jim Nance is not handing out the tie anymore, and that's kind right. of gone by the wayside. And he talked about, it, he goes, what do you think, you know, that thing even means, you know, you, you get it, it's like something you get that you don't even want to, you know, take on the airplane with you if you're at a conference or a convention or anything. And he goes, it'll probably end up like at my, it's, you know, it's at my dad's house or something like that. And my brain immediately went to yeah, Billy, I can relate exactly to what you're talking about. The coffee <laughs> cup that you were given to give to Allison that Allison didn't even want, yep. that we found out later that it does exist, and it is in Billy's parents' cupboard. So I guess I should be flattered that the Cartersville coffee cup is a lot like Jim Nance's tie, or that he pretty much said that it's it's an unwanted item that ended up at his parents. Exactly. That is a very great analogy and a very good point. Um, Samantha, if, if you're not familiar, uh, Mayor Matt here hosted a Billy Gill Day, created a Billy Gill Day in Cartersville, Georgia. And on that day, he gifted Billy a mug. Uh, what did the mug have on it, Mayor? It was just the city of Cartersville, you know, a generic, you know, welcome to Cartersville or a downtown Cartersville you know, mug. Right. And um, 
because I gave the guys hats and I figured, well, Allison doesn't want a Cartersville hat. I'll get her something. I know she's a coffee drinker. I'll get her this Cartersville coffee mug. Even though she didn't come up, it was just, you know, a means of being kind. And like I said, evidently it was shunned by Allison and uh, it ended up, or it, it's very likely that Billy never gave it to her and just took it home and, and gave it to his dad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's exactly what it, what it sounds like happened. So, uh, yeah, so you're essentially, I, I would spin that into a positive personally. Um, your coffee mug gift is on par with a Jim Nance tie in Billy's you know, record book. Um, that, that's how, that's how I would choose to look at it. But, uh, but yeah, what, what did you think about his opinion of the Jim Nance tie? Like, I, I feel like, is that an actual honor? I wasn't even familiar with this tradition until they started kind of making fun of it on the show. Yeah. It's a little, uh, hoity toity in my book. I, I mean, you know, it's all right, Jim. And again, I like Billy's analysis kind of like, Hey, get over yourself. It's a tie. What do you think some 20 year old wants to do with, with a tie for <laughs> right. some guy given to us? Right. So that's, that was my assessment. I'll tell you the other thing before I jump off here, guys, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to the Brockmire or taken a listen to episode one with Charles Barkley, I did that at four o'clock this morning when I woke up for some unknown reason, but it is well worth the listen. Yes, it is. Uh, to, to check out Brockmire. And again, while you're doing that, there's a whole list of things in the Lower After Hours podcast that you can check out. So. I bid you all adieu and uh, midweek mentions, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, Thanks, Mayor. Be Bye, safe. Mayor. All right. Uh, that was a great topic from from Mayor Matt, the Jim Nance tie. And then I, I think I did see, didn't Jim Nance end up still giving his tie away to someone? No, they uh, didn't do the tradition this year, I think they said. No, I, I know he said he wasn't going to, but then I, I thought I saw a picture of him still gifting the tie uh, that he, he made this this big to do kind of like diva-ish about how people were giving him shit on Twitter. And so that tradition is over. And then at the end of the championship game, he still gave the tie away uh, because he can't help himself. Um, I don't know. I have to look that up, but neither here nor there. All right. And what you got this week for us? So uh, I would also like to throw out a, back up uh, Mayor Matt and say, yeah, the Brockmire podcast was just fire. Like that, that was just, I mean, and I mean, Charles rode with all of his jokes, some that were funny, some that were overly blue, some that, but um, so really I, I say again, that, that was, that was really fantastic. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the stuff with, with Paul Pierce. I mean, I don't know what, what you know, I thought it was very interesting the way sort of ESPN handled it. And then he sort of, well, I don't care, and tried to laugh off that he got fired. Right. I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, going back to when I was 16 working as a hot dog guy at Nathan's, I can't remember really ever being happy to be fired. Paul Pierce to me seemed way too happy that he got fired as if like, <laughs> yeah, so it was, I mean, and we've all had crappy jobs, I'm sure, where we're sure. like, oh. yeah. But like, I don't think anybody likes to be fired. And so I was just sort of, I, I felt they took that a little bit too far when they were talking about that. What, what do you all think? Have you guys ever been happy to be fired from a job or relieved, I guess, maybe on a somewhat lesser scale? I don't know. I was, it usually happens in hindsight. I look back and I'm like, man, I'm so glad I got fired from that job. In the moment, I don't think it ever feels good, right? Like, I don't think it's ever a plus. Samantha, have you ever been fired from a job before? No. No. Oh, okay. Schweiss, what about you? I have been fired from uh, multiple jobs before. Oh, shit. Uh, I, will, I will say that uh, the difference with Paul Pierce is Paul Pierce probably already had a bunch of other job prospects 
lined up. He right, knew right. sort of uh, he has his connections. He knows where he stands with the industry. So he knows he has other opportunities. This isn't like he can't pay his bills all of a sudden. I think he was okay with it. Did I mean, you see the I, I don't know. wall though? Like, do you know when it's about to happen? You're like, okay, I probably should start looking for another job now. So I'm in agreement with uh, Schweitz that not only does he have probably other irons in the fire, but um, more importantly, he was probably under some type of contract. And they, um, when they terminated that, he, he most likely is going to get still paid the remainder of that contract. Yep. Um, so in that sense, I could see why he would be happy because then he can not only take that money, but then also go pursue whether it's this adult uh, adult site that wants to do an NBA um, TV show with him or some other, you know, uh, avenue, but he'll be essentially double dipping at that point. So yeah, I could, I could totally see him jumping for joy, maybe even getting a, a couple of strippers over at the house, you know, maybe play some dominoes or, or something. <laughs> Weird. That was not my first thought because I mean, it's easy. I mean, for the most part, unless he does go off and do something like, you know, completely off the board, like, you know, an adult entertainment slash NBA show. I mean, it's, it's ESPN or it's TNT and TNT already has more than enough sort of X players running on their stage, either regularly or sort of coming in to do hits. Like, you know, we've had with, with Dwayne Wade doing some recently. So I must, I don't know, I guess maybe, I mean, there's, it just seemed there's other news like, and, and you know, that the other people are willing to pay. I mean, there's Fox sports, there's, it, they may not have NBA um, games on their on their um, lineup, but but that doesn't mean they don't talk about. It. There's CBS Sports. There's a whole bunch of other avenues there, and that's just within traditional media that that can be explored. Um, again, the double dipping seems very nice to me. Um, I'm talking about his salary at this point. Not the poker game. <laughs> all right, all right, Schweiss, what do you got this week for us? Uh, I was just going to bring up, uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been hosting Jeopardy for the last few days, which has uh, been really entertaining. If you've been watching, he's done pretty good for you know an athlete that you don't really expect the skills to transfer, per se. But I was just wondering, does anybody have any ideas of any other uh, pro athletes, current or past, uh, that would be good at hosting a game show? So, like, would Shaq hmm. be a great family feud host, for example? That's the first one that I thought of just because of how they use the double entendres and stuff and Shaq's sense of humor. That is a good question. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So basically what you just really need is who is the most charismatic athlete that you can think of the, the, I mean, there's always Charles Barkley, right? I oh, think Chuck yeah. would just be like the, the goat at anything that he hosted. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one. Uh, Kevin Garnett hosting the weakest link because you know obviously Kevin Garnett is known for his <laughs> trash talk. So you know that, obviously that would be he can't incredible. Blue, but he could uh, certainly use his skills there. Are we all Jeopardy fans here? I used to watch it. Yeah, I'm a fan, but I'm not a I'm not necessarily a regular watcher. Right, I haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it consistently in like in years. But there was a time where I would sit down at whatever it was seven thirty and and watch it. I uh I think I became a bigger fan of Alex Trebek 
and the love for Alex Trebek that everybody had than actually Jeopardy itself. Um, uh, some people get super into that game, and I it was just never never my thing. Uh, mainly because the questions him. were way too hard. Yeah, I was lukewarm on it. I, I, you know, he came off for me anyways as smug. I, I hope it's not too soon. I know he's passed, but he came off to me as smug. And you know, of course, you have the answers right in front of you. Um, you you know, that's no no big deal. But I, I don't know. He he uh, he he grind. I think Billy said it best. He grinded my gears. All right, got got a hot take about Alex Trebek, uh, John. All right. So as far as charismatic hosts of a or a good host for a game show i know john cena has one coming up where it's like that kind of uh, obstacle course game i feel like pro wrestlers have an innate ability just because they're cutting promos all the time to to be good at at hosting other things and, and to be on camera i got the winner this this is a uh, survey says tony romo Tony Romo. That's a good one. That's a really good one. John is emphatically clapping. He's getting a, a lukewarm <laughs> response. I think that's pretty good. I actually think that's pretty good. He's polished. He's, he's uh, good looking. He can present very well. He's, he's, um, and he's excitable, right? Like, you know, if somebody wins the car, he's going to be jumping up and, and that's and true. That's, true. that's a good everything. one. He's, 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 he's the winner. Uh, Samantha, what about you? Jesse Palmer has already taken down like that hosting role. Like, you know, like, yeah. Um, what is okay. I'm going to, I'm going like to D-lister. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to sound like an idiot. Who is Jesse Palmer? I just know him from shows. I swear I've seen him and Johnny. It would be like, Oh yeah. Jesse Palmer. And he'll like watch the show with me. I'm like, he, he bounced around in, in college. He played at UF. He was a quarterback at UF. Okay. Okay. Back at UM, like he transferred from UF, I think, to UM. Um, he might have had a cup of coffee at, in the NFL, and he, you know, he's kind of a, a good-looking guy, and and he's all right, but he's no Tony Romo. He started like he literally was on The Bachelor, and I had in my head that he would be a good Bachelor host because I think Chris Harrison may or may not be in hot water at this point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. He, he was, uh, yeah, he was on the bachelor and then, uh, he worked at ESPN and NFL network. He's, oh, he's the spokesperson you know for, I think, uh, rooms to go or something. I remember where I've seen him. He's, he was on like the spring baking championships. He's on like food network doing like those yeah. type of contests. That's right. That's how I got Johnny to watch them with. Me. Okay, so this dude is all over the place. He's got his. He's, he's anybody that will have him on camera. It sounds like he is uh, gladly, gladly uh, stepping in front of it. Also, yeah. jumping back to John Cena for a second, he hosted "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" After I think uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy did. Yeah. I think okay. He, I, I don't okay. know. I don't. It wasn't a long time. I don't think, but he certainly did it for a little bit, and um, you know. I, I agree with what you're saying before. Someone excitable and sort of can get the contestants sort of. Yeah, yeah. And John into... Cena is a genuinely funny dude. His acting chops and his comedic timing, I think in that, uh, was it that movie Trainwreck? Uh, with, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on everybody's name. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. He was hilarious in that. He's in the new, he's in the new Suicide Squad, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, in the trailer, right. there's a couple lines he has that that seem like it's it's perfect casting. Talking about uh, working blue. There's there's one in there that's like, woof. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a that's a good topic, Schweitz. I'll have to think about that. You kind of you kind of surprised me with it. I, I I haven't had enough time to kind of think it over in my head who would be great from sports. I just default, like I said, always to Charles Barkley, just because the dude will say anything as evidenced by the Brockmeyer podcast. I just tweeted out a clip uh, about an hour ago where uh, Chuck um, uh, parses the nuances of a specific sex act with Brockmeyer, and it is hilarious it's absolutely hilarious and i was so surprised that he was willing to to go there but i don't know why it's not like chuck has ever been shy about anything in his entire life right uh i do when he was talking about you uh southerners or you country folk right no not that no not that that uh yeah the the joke there was that he's only willing to have sex with the good-looking relatives uh that's the difference between being southern and being country (laughs) which was absolutely amazing Okay. Chris Weber. Chris, Chris I don't, Weber. I don't think he's going to have sex with Chris Weber. Yeah, I don't think so either, John. All right. But then what about him for a game show? Uh, possibly. Yeah, that's okay. If, if, yeah, Chris Weber for a game show is probably pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't know about uh, Charles and Chris as an item, though. Um, all right. Samantha, what do you got this week for us? Okay. So this is something that happened to me this morning, and I wanted to get your take on it. Hell yeah. So your alarm set. I don't know, let's just say 6.30, but you wake up at like 5.30. Do you go back to sleep or do you get up and start your day? What goes through your head at that point? Okay, so the alarm is set for 6.30. You wake up at 5.30. Yeah, what do you do? (laughs) There is, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. I am going back to sleep. There is no way in hell I am getting up an hour earlier than what I need to uh, I get up at the last possible second and quite often, uh, many minutes past the last possible second that I should be getting up in order to get my ass to work on time. So that's my personal response. Uh, John, what about you? So the alarm is set at six 30. I wake up at five 30. Yeah. Uh, here, let- these are more realistic times. My actual time was set for five 25 and I woke up at like four 50, but what? I'm like, I, yeah, it's, Prep life, what can I say? Well, let let me put it in maybe in these simpler terms. So if I set the alarm for 7.30 and it goes off at 7.30, I'm snoozing till 8.30. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the same answer I've got, John. And what about you? Well, I'm in the same same boat as you you will. Um, I am definitely going back to bed. What's funny is last night I texted a buddy of mine about, I don't know, 11.30, 12.00. And I went to bed and fell asleep and didn't silence my phone. And at 4 a.m., he texted me back. Oh, my I God. I slept right through it, woke my wife up, and she could not go back to sleep. And she oh. wanted to kill me and my buddy Larry for him texting me back. So you're sleeping on the so couch bad. tonight. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, honey. I slept right through it. Because the other thing is my, uh, my uh, text message tone is people. So <laughs> I laugh at it and it breaks on her. Oh, well, okay. What, what, okay. Not just people, but people doing what saying what they hate us because they aren't us. Is that better, bro? And then the like three seconds of laughter from, 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 the, from Dan and Stu. That's so, amazing. Uh, That's we'll amazing. Up and uh, so just to jump back, I'm all about going back to bed. And um, oftentimes I will be even in the John camp, which is I will set my alarm and I will snooze it for a bunch. Yep. Um, to be fair, if I didn't have most days, if I didn't have to get my kids up and to someplace or actively doing something i would most likely sleep much later than i do currently you're my brother a lot of times i'm uh, i'm up because because i know okay 
If I want to get them out the door at 8, I've got to be up at 7.15 so I can get my stuff done, or I can get them up at 7.30 so I can get them fed and dressed and whatever else that needs to happen to, 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 to corral them on their way. Love it. Schweitz, what about you? So generally, I will go back to sleep. However, I, I'm the type of person that like when my eyes are open in the morning, I, in about 10 seconds, I will figure out, like, am I awake? Uh, what am I doing today? What did I do yesterday? Like, how much energy do I need? Did I go to bed early tonight? And I will factor <laughs> all of that in if, if it's like a 6.30 to, to 7.30 type of situation. You know, what are the chances of me waking my kid up? You know, is he going to wake up in 10 minutes? That kind of thing. And uh, there is a good chance I might wake up, sneak downstairs and watch half of a movie that I wouldn't get to watch at any other time because, you know, just life. But if like I'm exhausted from something else, yeah, I'm going back to sleep. All right, curveball. podcast comes from the HP. <laughs> Two bucks. Sorry. <laughs> and that was you. Yeah, it, my, my phone started. I picked up my phone and I started playing the post game show. Wow, wow, unbelievable. Well, we are we are not professional around I'm, here. I'm so the kind of guy who stays in bed. That you know how other people may wake up at three in the morning to to go pee or something. I will I will have like abdominal pains and bladder pains, and stay in bed before I get up and pee. I do the uh, same shit because so because I'm like curveball. I'm not getting up. Okay, I'm not all right. Getting up. Samantha's got a curveball. This is so her topic. Curveball. What if you also have to pee? So you wake up and you're like, wait, God, oh no, I gotta pee. My alarm's not supposed to go off yet. Hold I get up and pee and, pee and then go back to bed. Yeah. I considered that this morning and then I was like, pee's the day. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I am not. I, I am uh, peeing the day and then going back to bed. Um, that is what I'm appeasing the day. Schweitz, I'll jump back to what you were saying. If my brain starts going through the processes of what's going on and what's to do, my body will likely wake up. So I try to suppress that. I try to, if I walk to the bathroom, I try to walk with, with my eyes at least half closed. So I, I don't try to engage myself because I do find if I start engaging or, or my brain starts going, then I can't go back to bed. So I try to sort of suppress is probably too strong of a word, but at least Try to not get in my head and start thinking about stuff and, oh, what's today? Today's Thursday. What do I have? Or any of that stuff. Because then I will find that I will end up just having to get up because I won't be able to go back to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, a stay-at-home dad with a two-year-old, so I don't have a super heavy day. It's just sort of his routine, which not too difficult to shuffle around. Um, but also, like, I do take a prescription that's going to keep me awake for, for a while. So, like, I also know, like, I'm going to be able to function... 90% as as well as I normally do, even if I didn't sleep so well. Do y'all ever take, do, uh, first of all, I don't know if you have any trouble falling asleep. Sometimes I do. They sell, it's, it's hilarious. So, you know, Benadryl comes in the little pink capsules, right? They sell a purple version that is just called Z-Quil. And it's literally nothing but Benadryl. It's Benadryl, but purple. That's it. It's also an antihistamine. If you look at the ingredients, it has all the same active ingredients in it. Uh, and, and it's just marketed as a sleep aid. It's which it's kind of wild to me that it's just over the counter like that. And it's just kind of mask off. It's like I, I knew about the, you know, take a Benadryl if you are having trouble going to sleep. But they just sell this stuff. They just repackage it as a purple pill and call it something different. Uh, but yeah. I was thinking about that recently because I'm like, 
oh, melatonin, that helps people go back to sleep. I'm sure. like, I wonder what Zenzequil, is it like, do they add melatonin to it? That Hell no. Question. If you look at the packaging, it's literally the same dosage, same ingredient, same everything. It's just one's purple. I guess pink, that neon Benadryl pink is more about like, you know, it, it elicits the vibe of being awake while the purple is more soothing and, and kind of calming, I guess. I don't know what the psychology <laughs> is there exactly. All right, John, what do you got this week for us? All right, Billy once again proving why he is not just one of you know my favorite on the show but why he's also my brother when he was talking about going bowling and then just going off on tangents and and even some of the words that he was talking about when he described somebody who picks up the, the heaviest ball to to throw it down to say you know like i'm a fuerte you know i'm a fuerte means like oh a fuerte means strong in spanish so it's right. like you know he's using all these these slang, these these slang words that that they use down here, and the way he used it, all that I I, I found was hysterical. Um, I'm not a, I'm not much of a bowler. I have, on occasion, bowled something in the 190s, but that was you know pure pure luck. But um, not sure if you guys are bowlers and how you you um, how you, if you appreciated when he was talking about um, bowling bowling on his uh, on his honeymoon. You know, and and we can go down different paths. Like, did you guys do anything like that on your honeymoon? I think he said that his his at some point he might have been bowling alone. Like the the wife maybe got fed up <laughs> and just left him there. He was like, "Listen, I'm I'm on a hot streak. You know, I can't I can't go now." And, exactly. and so he bowled. I did he did he even mention? I I think the only number I heard him mention was like 191 or something like that. I wonder if he broke 200. Did you guys hear any of that? He did end up mentioning three scores and the first two games were good. And then the third game was like 95 or something like he was like, I was going good. And then I just fell off the bank. Yep. I think he got 203, didn't he? When is yeah. that like his high score or something? I think the 196 and then 203 and then like a 96 or something. Uh, yeah. So, so he was, he was in Barbados and it was like the last night before they left this hotel and, the thing that I connected the most with about that Billy story is wanting to do everything when you're staying somewhere, when you are, when you are paying that bill, I like the, the, that is the thing in the back of my mind, the entire time on vacation is damn it. I am going to get the maximum amount for my money. If I am paying this exorbitant price to be here right now, uh, with my wife and I have gone to Mexico a couple years for this, uh, thing called Avit brothers at the beach. And it's this like four day music festival. They set up this big stage right on the, uh, right on the, the Caribbean. And it's, it's, uh, at the, at the hard rock hotel and this huge stage. And each night there's two very famous bands that play, um, band of horses played Jason Isbell, Avett brothers performed three out of the four nights. Um, uh, Brandy Carlisle played one time, old crow medicine show. Anyway, it's just incredible. But my, even when I'm standing there watching the band, I'm like, okay, I haven't been to this restaurant, uh, on the other side of the compound. I haven't been to that restaurant. Like, I'm just thinking of this stuff all in my head constantly. Right. Have I, have I drank enough alcohol to justify the price that I paid to stay at, you know, stay mm -hmm. at this resort? Uh, yeah, as far as bowling goes, I love bowling. I was in a league when I was young for like three or four years. I still have some bowling plaques uh, from when I was real young. Uh, so yeah, I am a nerd when it comes to bowling. I absolutely love it. Use up all the towels. I, I, Use up <laughs> all the towels. Dry yourself with every one of those towels. <laughs> Swice, what about you? 
so as far as the resort thing goes, uh, my best friend had a destination wedding at an all-inclusive in Mexico. I had broken up with my girlfriend at the time, maybe a month before, and the hotel would not uh, reimburse me for her portion of the bill. Right, right. So we get there. So my room became the hangout room because I was the single guy. But what happened was anytime we were in the room, we ordered everything on the menu to be brought to my room and then we didn't eat it. But it's just like we're getting our money's worth. (laughs) Schweiz, that's just a bunch of food waste. That's come on, man. A a lot of it got eaten, but like we right, right. Order just order it just to can. have it right just to just yeah to... And i i mean i yeah i i understand that that was problematic and whatnot <laughs> i'm just I, i'm just busting balls still, uh, and as far as far as bowling goes uh when i was probably 11 i was in new york with a bunch of family my cousin took us to a bowling alley it was the first time they ever had uh, your speed on the screen so it would say you're bowling at 20 miles per hour your ball went you know 25 miles per hour and ever since then my goal every time even though i've never seen it again right was to throw the ball as fast as i can i've never seen that feature before i'm a fuerte <laughs> over here that's right so it's so i will get you know a 10 pound ball and just i just whip it and sometimes <laughs> i have a lot of success and sometimes i don't i've never seen the feature again but it's always been in my head that like hey I'm going to see how fast I can. Schweitz is like hammer throwing the the bowling ball, spinning it around like Thor's hammer before he releases it down the uh, down the lane. Samantha, what about you? What, what's your take on on resorts, vacation, bowling, any of that stuff? So I would say vacation wise, I haven't gone on enough resort style vacations to truly take advantage. But I do remember as a kid going to like the um, Disney resort for the first time ever like we had never done the fancy disney one right that was probably one of my favorite trips ever to disney because it would it just felt like you're i think we did the french quarter one and it was so cool and i felt like i was fully immersed in the resort experience so i highly recommend if you're going to do like a disney trip just do the resort it's really cool sure what Um, as far as bowling goes what's, what's your take on bowling are you a good bowler do you bowl often I am not a great bowler. I can't even decide if I'm better lefty or righty. So that probably tells me how good I am. So, okay. Well, I mean, just being ambidextrous, I could not imagine trying to bowl with my left hand. I feel like I would break my wrist if I tried that. That seems absolutely wild to me. John, what about you? So, um, yeah, just keeping within this this bowling theme, I just wanted to find out because there was some controversy um, around bowling and I wanted to get your insights on it. So in and out of the gutter, should that count or not count? I think it's such a rare occurrence that it should count. I think it it happens so, so rare. Like I have, trust me, I have bowled, uh, bowled in the gutter more times than I've, uh, kept them between the lines. Right. And probably, maybe a dozen times has it ever hopped back out. I think it's such a cool moment when it happens that it should absolutely count towards your score. Maybe even multiply, like have a multiple. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're fixing like bowling here. Like if it's before a certain line, then it's in bounds. But if it goes beyond the bases, then it's foul. That's a good point. Okay. So like, yeah, if it, if it stays, uh, if you maybe, maybe like, 
if it stays on the lane within the first 20 feet, then it's fair play. And if it goes in the gutter, then bounces back into the lane, it's, it's fair play the whole time. But if it's, if it hits the gutter before that first 20 feet or so, then maybe it's a, it's a foul ball. Yeah. What about a double gutter situation? Double gutter situation. Explain that to me. What is that? Gutter bounces off into the other gutter, then back into the lane. Shit. I, I've never seen that happen you before. You get points for trick shot. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Multiply. I think I think that might have happened to me once I when I released the ball, I hit like my knee or something on the oh, release. Oh god. Ow. So it went like straight away and went into the like into the gutter, but it went with so much force because I'm a fuerte like Schweitzy over here. And and just went into the gutter, jumped onto the other gutter with similar force, and then just came. Uh, probably knocked down one pin, but um, I think that's that that's happened to me. So what what we're all saying here is that's about 40, 50 points. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I still to this day have no idea. It is like it, it's it's like I'm a, a small child. Every time I go bowling, I still do not understand the scoring method. I'm just waiting there like an idiot, uh, waiting to see what the number is going to be because <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it's it's like some secret, for, and I know it's not. It's but I'm just calculus is what it is. Exactly. It's, hard. Thank you, it's easy. It's, we had to learn it in gym class. What? Okay, bowling, bowling is gym? not gym class. First of all, I know in some no, schools no, no, they no. teach line dancing and shit, but no, no, no. Uh, we 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 had to like you'd have you'd break into like groups of four. One person would be down and setting pins, and the other people would be and they'd bowl and then you'd rotate. But but the purpose of it was to teach you how to do the scoring. That's amazing. All right. It is. You had a bowling alley in, in your high school? No, no, no. Just like we were just in the gym. So we just the, the just set up just the pins and, and this, set this up. This was the... ele- this was elementary school. Elementary. Yes. Wow. I, I agree with that choice. What yeah, crucial no, uh, life skills they're trying to pass on in elementary uh, <laughs> elementary I school. I think it was about a game that they could put together and waste time with because it would take you like five minutes to reset up the pins after every time you, you know someone knocked four. I wonder down. if uh, Cody Cavalry did that with his kids. Samantha, <laughs> what were you saying? Maybe that's a Canadian thing, you know, in their elementary schools. Ohio, I think. No, he went I to was in he Ohio. Was in Ohio. He's a transit. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you moved to Canada? You weren't born and raised there? He, he actively moved, I moved to Canada. I moved here in 2009. Right. Why? He hated Obama. Uh, his wife. No, job offer. Oh. Oh, John, it sounded like you were correcting Ant and saying he hated his wife instead of Obama, and that's why he moved to Canada. Oh, no, 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 no. no I would never say that. Oh man! Is a, the the job offer was, big guy. was Mr. Mom. That was the job offer. Oh, I'd also like to point out that um, another reason why Billy's my brother is he um, he used the word Dunzo, and I was very proud of that. Oh, I say Dunzo all the time, all the time. <laughs> I say Dunzo. I love it. I love it. D o n e z o. Is that how you spell it? I don't know. Okay. My topic this week is something that just got announced, uh, and thank you, Schweitz, for reminding me of it, is that Adnan Verk is joining the pirate ship. He is apparently coming over to Meadowlark Media, which is super exciting. I know he's got, uh, uh, what's the name of his podcast again, his movie podcast? Cinephobe. No, Cinephobe is uh, a means. Is that a means? That's a means. And then his is Cinephile. Okay, so now they're going, okay. So that's kind of what I was thinking about, is that they're going to have dueling movie podcasts. One, I guess, about good movies and one about bad movies. Cinephile and Cinephobe. 
Like, I, I don't know if they have similar formats. I am being a bad fan here and have not listened to either one of them. I don't listen to a lot of movie podcasts because so often they're talking about movies that I haven't seen and I just never get around to watching them. Uh, but anyway, I'm super stoked that Adnan, he got done dirty by ESPN and I will always believe that it was super effed up how they, uh, got rid of him. Samantha, if you don't know, he basically told somebody about some schedule change in a program, some reporter and ESPN fired him the next day. He was one of the most up, like, like beloved up and coming baseball voices on ESPN. He had gotten in good with Levitard show. And then they just unceremoniously fired him for something that so many other ESPN personalities did, which is just like, Hey, I'll give you a tip about the fact that like baseball tonight is only going to be on three days instead of four days a week. He, so. he addressed he addressed that on South Beach sessions earlier today. Oh, did he really? Okay, okay. Well, I gotta Excellent. listen to that. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Uh, I hope I'm not too out of pocket with that story because that's that's what I gathered as far as how it it went down with ESPN. But it was yeah. To me, the Adnan Verk firing was one of the first indications of okay, this is not like going to go well with with the direction and the, the direction Levitard show is headed and the direction that the higher ups at ESPN uh, seem to be going are not uh, simpatico. Is that the right word to use there? Is that, is that yep. a good word? I think okay. so. Yeah. But I don't it was think definitely I'm, the regime change. I don't think I've ever used simpatico in a sentence before. And so I just got very self-conscious. <laughs> My face immediately felt like it was on fire. And uh, I hope that was the correct use in a sentence. It was, uh, it was, it was also very gringo of you. It oh, was, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah. John. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. All right. Simpatico in Spanish, in, uh, you know, Spanish. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that uh, I'm going to add that to my repertoire and say it as um, white as possible every time I do, uh, <laughs> because I'm terrible in Spanish pronunciations. All right. We're going to land the plane there. We're going to dock the ship, uh, so to speak. Thank you so much for listening. Schweitz, where can we find you on Twitter? At Schweitz underscore A-Y. Excellent. Samantha, where can we find you on Twitter? At Samantha Y26. Excellent. Ant, where can we find your lovely face on Twitter? Um, at Jeremy Tache. <laughs> Very lovely face, indeed. Uh, John, where can we find you on Twitter? At Jeremy Tache. Oh, okay. So you guys are uh, sharing a, a you share have a joint a, joint Twitter, Twitter handle now. Okay, excellent. We know each excellent. other's passwords. Oh, wow. Wow. That's uh, that's intimate. Uh, love it. Love it. All right. You can find me at Wapple House on Twitter, W-A-P-P-L-E-H-O-U-S-E. Uh, Wapple House, Wapple House. That I, that I just started singing that in my head as I was spelling that out. I never realized it. It went together. Uh, Pfizer. God, Ant, that was terrible. I just blew my eardrums out. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Laughter. Wait, Lower After Hours. I don't even know our own Twitter handle. I am. I feel like I'm drunk right now. I promise you that I'm not. Um, but anyway, you I gotta go. Sequel. Yeah, I think I. I think I may have taken Zequil early tonight. I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like it, rate and subscribe. Well, you're probably already subscribed. Rate and review. How about that? Uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.